It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much as well to patrons of the program, people like Lori and Tom, Deborah and Dustin and Sam, Krista, Lair, Mark, David, Caddy, WC, Jolene, and Lisa. I appreciate all of the support. They became patrons. Uh, you can as well go to thepetecalendershow.com, click on the link that's at the top of the page there, and you can become a patron. And then you get access to the exclusive content like the live streams that we do every Thursday evening. Lots of fun, lots of interaction. So uh, go check that out. I appreciate it. All right. So we're going to get into this shooting that occurred um, in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. And you may be thinking, well, Pete, you haven't really covered any. This has been going on like a week. I know. I wait for like a lot of the information to kind of come out uh, for, you know, officials to give their official statements for activists to do their activism and such and everybody gets to mess it all up and try to create their own narratives and i try to sift through it to find out uh a a near approximation of the truth and uh to not inflame when there's no need to and honestly at this point right now as i'm doing the show we're waiting to hear uh from the court in Uh, Elizabeth City, where a petition has been filed to get the video, uh, all of the the police body cam footage to get the videos released to the general public. Now, I think that the law enforcement agencies and the uh, the officials in Elizabeth City, I think they are giving us a pretty good example of why you should move to release the video as soon as possible, because what is happening now is a result of the the slow pace. And we're going to get into some of that. So you got two different things going on here, right? First is the actual case and the details. And then the second component is the the body cam uh, footage. And there's a legislative issue and Democrats are trying to take advantage of that as well. Uh, so I've got uh, audio from their press conference that they held yesterday. Now, uh, if there is a ruling while I'm doing the show, uh, I will give you that information Right now, I don't have a ruling. They're presenting their case to the judge. And by the way, I fully anticipate that the judge is going to allow the footage to be released. So the person's name involved in the shooting who was killed by police uh, was Andrew Brown Jr. And Andrew Brown Jr. was in his vehicle outside of his house, and he was uh, shot and killed by sheriff's deputies that were there to serve a search warrant and an arrest warrant. So since this has since this occurred, there have been, you know, nightly demonstrations, protest marches, and it's uh, there was a state of emergency declared by the local officials. They put a curfew in place. Protesters took to the streets in Elizabeth City Monday night following the Pascatank County Sheriff's Office partial release of body camera footage in the killing of Andrew Brown Jr. The partial release went to his family and his family's attorney. Okay. They were allowed, as the law clearly says, and maybe, see, I was going to do the law, I was going to do the law separately, and I was going to do that second, but I guess maybe I should kind of, well, here, generally speaking, here's how the law works, and this is a new law, because before 2016, there was 
uh, different interpretations around the state about what body cam footage was. Is it public records or is it not? Can you FOIA request these Freedom of Information Act? Could, could you do a FOIA request for this stuff and and get it? And if so, uh, what was that process? And there was there were no rules about any of this. So you had some departments, some sheriff's uh, agencies that were like, we are not going to give you any of the footage. We consider it all to be personnel records of the officers or deputies. And then you had other departments that were like, yeah, here you go. You can have it. <laughs> they just give it away. So what? what is it? Is it a public record? Is it a personnel record? Right? What is it? And it's kind of both, right? And I've always said this. I, I think, like, here's my bias. I've read the law. I was a proponent of the law when it was first passed because I found it struck, a, I think it struck a reasonable balance between privacy concerns and access. I still believe that. Now, if the lawmakers want to change it to to you know put a deadline on it, which is what Democrats are pressing for now, they want there to be a forty eight hour window. I'm okay with putting some sort of a you know a deadline on it. In fact, the law does currently have a time sensitivity uh, uh, protocol in there as well. It's like three days uh, when the request is made by a family member to see the footage. Um, they're, they've got to get access within three days or they have to be told why they can't have access, like ongoing investigation or something like that. And then if they're denied the access, then they go to a superior court judge who is told in the law, by the way, to basically take this kind of a case first. You deal with this before other cases. That did not happen here because the law enforcement agency said, here's the video. Pascatank County said, here's the video. And they showed it to the family members and their one lawyer. And their one lawyer took notes. They watched it 10 to 20 times. And they said that the video was only 20 seconds long. And the the county says it's only 20 seconds long because that's the duration of the encounter. Now, is it the duration of the encounter when they got to the scene? Or is it like just when one cop got to the scene? Like... I understand why 20 seconds, like you're not going to be satisfied with that one cop cam, 20 seconds. They want way more information. So I get that. That's what people are mad about. One of the things people are mad about on this. Uh, another thing is that the one of the lawyers uh, that is, quote, representing the family was denied or several of them were denied access to see the video. Because they're not licensed in North Carolina, the county attorney said, no, you can't go in there. <laughs> You're not a licensed representative of the family. The lawyer who is a North Carolina lawyer, she is. She's representing the family. She's allowed in. Not all you TV celebrity lawyers, you CNN talking head celebrity lawyers, you're not allowed in. And uh, that's when the attorney apparently said to one of the lawyers, I'm not going to be bullied or effing bullied or something like that <clears throat> so uh then of course outrage ensued how dare he talk to me like that well you know what you're all adults you're all adults and if you can't play nice with each other and you can't uh act professionally towards one another then like i shouldn't care i i don't care i really like lawyers that get into arguments about decorum and such i really don't care <laughs> like, uh yeah no the law simply says if you're a family member, you can see it, which they were given the ability to see it. They're not satisfied with what they saw. And so there were other outlets like members of the public, activists, news organizations 
they can also petition a superior court judge to release the video as well, which has occurred. That has occurred. And so the court is deciding now whether to allow the release of the video. And again, I am going to you know make this prediction that they will totally allow the video uh, to be released. I would be surprised. I would be shocked if they did not allow the video to be released. So uh, I don't know what it's going to show us, except, you know, there's a lot of media that really, really want their snuff film uh, video posted up on their website so they can get some clicks and such. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, in the interest of, you know, full disclosure and public transparency, right? It's got nothing to do with driving traffic to their websites, uh, as all of those videos do for them. But uh, I expect the video to be released. Now, I also expect any person listening to this show that needs a mattress, I expect you to go to Mattress Man, because Mattress Man is one of the reasons why I'm able to continue to do the show. It's been a sponsor from day one. Mattressmanstores.com is the website for locations in Asheville and Arden and uh, Hendersonville. Uh, their new location <clears throat> on uh, Airport Road in the uh, IHOP Shopping Center. You need to go check that place out. It's pretty cool. They're giving away free upgrades right now. Get a king for the price of a queen and a queen for the price of a twin. This is the free upgrade deal from Mattress Man, an exclusive retailer of the Biltmore Collection, inspired by our local landmark, the Biltmore uh, Estate. Uh, these, are, these mattresses are made by Restonic. Get free local five-star delivery service, a 120-day comfort guarantee. They do ship nationwide. And remember, take advantage of their flexible financing options, like no interest for two years. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, buy local, and sleep better. So the FBI launched a civil rights probe into the death of Andrew Brown Jr., a black man killed by sheriff's deputies in Pascatank County, North Carolina. His family released an independent autopsy that they had done showing that Brown was shot five times, including uh, one that uh, the the kill shot that uh, hit him in the back of the head. And North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, uh, he put out a statement now. I have that. Uh, He says, quote, in the interest of justice and confidence in the judicial system, I believe a special prosecutor should handle all matters regarding the shooting in the Pascatank in Pascatank County. Uh, This would help assure the community and Mr. Brown's family that a decision on pursuing criminal charges is conducted without bias. This position is consistent with the change in the law recommended by our task force for racial equity in criminal justice, which calls for a special prosecutor in police shootings. And I believe the law should be changed to help ensure it. The FBI, uh, their statement from the Charlotte field office says we've opened a federal civil rights investigation into the police involved shooting death of Andrew Brown, Jr. Agents will work closely with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of North Carolina and the Civil Rights Division at the DOJ to determine whether federal laws were violated. As this is an ongoing investigation, we cannot comment any further. Um, By the way, one of the uh, uh, bullets... Uh, that were that were fired uh, at that was fired at um, Andrew Brown Jr. Uh, actually went through uh, and into another home, Michael Gordon's home, who said, "quote My grandbabies, when they came to visit Papa, they would sit right there, uh, pointing to telling the uh, this is WRAL, you know, pointing to where the bullet entered the house." Uh, he said he was at work at the time. He says it came through his front room, hit my clock, went through my sidewall in my front room, and through my kitchen, and then struck my pot. 
because I was like, this is one of the dangers uh, when you open fire on a moving vehicle, which is apparently what occurred. Um, Now, what did occur? So the autopsy report says that the initial shots came through. This is the autopsy report that was conducted for the family. Okay, that they released the initial shots came through the windshield of the vehicle. I assume that means the front. Uh, A fifth bullet hit Brown in the back of the head, ultimately killing him. And what attorneys corroborated the body cam video they saw uh, showed Uh, he was able to back up, turn the vehicle around, spin off across a vacant lot. And at at that time, he was hit in the head. And that was the fatal bullet wound to the skull. That was the cause of death said the uh, the attorney, Wayne Kendall. Okay, so he's in his car. Cops roll up. Now, we're to believe, uh, because the uh, I have a statement here from Pasquotank County. It says, um, uh, because they put out this uh, check the facts, and they said, here's the false internet rumor that they only show 20 seconds of the encounter um, or only a snippet of the encounter, or only a small portion of the encounter. And they say, here's the truth. Again, this is the county government saying this. The entire encounter of engaging Mr. Brown and the use of deadly force lasted 20 seconds. The family viewed the entire encounter. The family was able to watch the video 10 to 20 times. Because of the ongoing criminal and internal investigations, the sheriff's office blurred the faces of the officers involved, as North Carolina allows. The law allows anyone suggesting that the video was extensively edited is spreading a false rumor. The process of blurring faces to protect the ongoing investigation is a very labor intensive process and took several hours. While there is additional body camera footage showing the deputies on scene attempting to provide first aid and perform CPR on Mr. Brown, the time needed to blur faces of the additional video would have delayed us from showing the family the video on Monday as they requested. Our uh, county attorney filed a motion in court on Monday, April 26th, to allow us to release the complete video to the family as North Carolina law requires. We're hopeful the judge will grant our request to release the video so that the family and the public can see what happened. Now, I would point out, however, that waiting until Monday the 26th when the shooting occurred on Wednesday, you, you waited like five days there and again... The lesson here, I think, should be for law enforcement agencies to release as much as possible immediately, right? To go immediately to the courts and get this process underway immediately rather than slow walking it, which it seems like occurred. And I don't know why, but it seems like that occurred here. Now, there was a problem apparently um, with uh, the Superior Court being closed on Friday, so they didn't have any judges there to actually take up the petition okay so there's that um let me get back to the what occurred the shots through the windshield so he is apparently he was this is from their own attorney from the family attorney he was able to back up turn the vehicle spin off across a vacant lot and at that time he was hit in the head okay so he's fleeing right he is in a car trying to escape an arrest warrant and search warrant of his house that's my understanding of what they just described here. Now, this is important, too. This is from the WUNC report. Attorney Chantal Cherry Lassiter 
watched a 20-second portion of the body camera video with Brown's family. She's the only lawyer that was allowed in there because she's the only lawyer of record for North Car- that's licensed in North Carolina. Lassiter said that Brown did not appear to be a threat to officers as he backed his vehicle out of his driveway and tried to drive away from deputies with their guns drawn. So what are we talking about here? The deputies, by the way, there was a video that was released. Apparently, uh, somebody's home security system shows um, the uh, a, a pickup truck with deputies in the back. Sheriff's, you know, uh, logo all over the side of the pickup truck, and it, and it comes around the corner, and people are like, "Oh my God, it looks just like the Klan!" Like, yeah, or, or it, or it looks like a bunch of, of you know SWAT members that are deploying rapidly to bust down a door. And now this gets into the whole, you know, war on drugs and no-knock warrants and all of that stuff. But for whatever reason, this guy, Andrew Brown, was able to get into his car or was in his car when, when these teams arrived, when the, when the law enforcement agents arrived. And when they did, he attempted to back out of his driveway and leave and escape. Now, they have a, they have a warrant for his arrest. And again, I, I have not seen any video, so I don't know what all occurred. Nobody does. And I, I hope we get to see the video of like what happened when they arrived, because now he's in a vehicle, which changes the dynamic of him just being like running away or something. He's in a vehicle trying to flee the scene and they start shooting at him. That's what that, that's his, that's my understanding. OK, so as he backed his vehicle out of the driveway and tried to drive away, which, by the way, there is this belief, apparently, uh, that if he's trying to drive away, you got to just let him drive away, which this is one of the new standards. Like last week, we were treated to the new standard of if it's a teenage black girl, we have to allow the cop or the cop has to allow her to stab another person, another black girl. Like that's what the new standard of policing is like. Why can't we just let these teenagers have knife fights? I mean, what kind of a world are we in where teenagers, you know, can't stab each other? Right. That was the standard being advanced last week. Now I guess the standard is if somebody is trying to flee the scene that any use of deadly force to prevent that from occurring that that is not acceptable. And maybe it's not by the way. Like I'm a concealed carry permit holder and if somebody is fleeing, you don't shoot him in the back. You're not allowed to do that because the threat is no longer there. He's not a threat to you. Now I don't know if that should apply to cops or if it does apply to cops. I imagine it should. But again, I don't know all the details. For example, here's one detail that might be important. Was he trying to use the vehicle as a weapon? Did he try to run over some cops in his attempt to flee? Or is there at least a perception that he had tried to run over cops and that's when they opened fire on him? Right? I could see that being the case. But maybe not. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I just like I try to imagine all the different angles to see what the case may be, leaving the benefit of the doubt open for all involved. Now, uh, I need to tell you what you need to get involved in, which is general equipment rentals. Great sale right now on the Husqvarna stand on mowers. You can actually score two different deals, put them together and save a total of about $3,500 on the V548 or V554, okay? I actually got a, a message the other day uh, from a listener who said uh, that, you know, they, they bought a Husqvarna uh, outdoor power tool, and uh, it was like 15 years ago. Thing still runs, like, perfectly like it's brand new. That's the kind of power you get, the reliability you get from Husqvarna, and get it at General Equipment Rental. Okay, they are your official licensed Husqvarna 
outdoor power equipment sales and service provider, also Honda as well. Go on over to their store. They're located in Weaverville at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Family owned and operated for three generations, uh, big or small, no matter the project, no matter the tool, they've got the right piece of equipment uh, that you need to get the job done fast and correctly okay and they will even show you how to use the tools that's a big help general equipment rental generalrents.com think outside your toolbox all right so i gave you that one line from the wunc story that um he that uh, the lawyer says he did not appear to be a threat to officers as he backed his vehicle out of his driveway and tried to drive away from deputies okay so that's number one number two this is the story from the charlotte observer on Monday, the Pasquotank County attorney allowed members of the family to see the footage um, that the family attorney said in a news conference showed Brown's vehicle blocked in by a sheriff's vehicle. So the sheriff's deputies, they pulled up, they tried to block his vehicle in. He then, what, throws the car into reverse and tries to back out of his driveway and then puts it in drive. Meanwhile, you can imagine everyone screaming at him to stop. He puts it in drive, which is why, by the way, it was like, oh, his hands were on the wheel. Yeah, his hands were on the wheel. He was driving the car, right? It's not like he had stopped the vehicle and was keeping his hands at 10 and 2 so as to show he's not a threat. He was obviously driving the vehicle. And so when he puts it into drive and then he starts to cut across the yard, that's apparently when they open fire on him. Now, was some deputy there that he almost ran over? Don't know. Did somebody, like, fire one shot out of, like, fear or confusion or uh, whatever? Like, they they just itchy trigger finger. They're a racist. Whatever. Like, somebody fires and then everybody fires. I don't know. All of these are still uh, questions unanswered. I do think it's important to note, however, when looking at the facts of the case, uh, that he jumped in the car, was attempting to escape a search warrant and arrest warrant. Oh, and by the way, the um, the vehicle was part of that search warrant because the vehicle uh, is uh, or was apparently uh, a place where he stored a lot of the narcotics. Um, this is from the New York Post. A known drug dealer with a 30-year rap sheet stretching more than 180 pages, according to records. That's who Andrew Brown was. Yeah, a 30-year rap sheet, 180 pages. Officers in the Albemarle Drug Task Force are, quote, familiar with Brown and know him to be a source of supply of crack, cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, and methamphetamine. The raid was requested because officers believed that his home was, quote, being used to store, package, and distribute narcotics, namely crack. Two vehicles regularly seen at the residence were also believed to be used to store, traffic, and distribute illegal narcotics. So, like, I don't know, was when they say that uh, the vehicles were used to store, was that just like in transport? Um, or what? I don't know. Or is he actually keeping drugs in the vehicle? The search warrant was sequestered after a confidential informant claimed he had been buying drugs from Brown for more than a year. The informant then made a, quote, controlled purchase of cocaine and then later meth. These were both captured on camera. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who was the attorney that was not allowed to look at the video and got all upset and tried to bully the county attorney into letting him see it. And the county attorney said, uh, I will not be effing bullied. 
And then Ben Crump came out and was like, he said this to me. I can't believe it. You know, uh, who's uh, representing the family, but he's not licensed in North Carolina. He argued that authorities have released this information about uh, Andrew Brown being a known drug dealer with a 30 year rap sheet of more than 180 pages who was dealing all sorts of. Uh, you know, hardcore narcotics into the community. Um, he says that all of this information is released simply to assassinate Brown's character and deflect from what the family has called an execution. They, there is something amazing about who ends up being uh, the, and I hate this term, poster child, but the the example, right, of who these activists pick up and elevate as the example to be defended. Like guys like uh, Philando Castile, right, the guy up in Minnesota that, like, of all the people that you should be uh, holding up as the example of police abuse, right, he would be it. He would be one of those guys. Uh, but instead, we end up with these people like with 30-year rap sheets, 180 pages, slinging hardcore drugs in the community like i don't like there is this pattern i don't know why <laughs> this always seems to be the case uh, it's almost like they have more interactions with law enforcement or something um they released a warrant said crump assassinating his character but andrew brown didn't kill anybody well is that actually true i know adjudicated in a court of law i understand that but when you're dealing as much drugs as he was dealing and the hard drugs that he was dealing is that really a safe bet? Is it safe? Do you feel comfortable saying that he's not responsible in any way, shape, or form for anybody's death over the last three decades of dealing drugs? Really? I think I think he might have a body or two on him. What do you think? I think it's probably more likely than not. I, I, I don't know. If, I mean, I know he didn't, like, walk up and shoot somebody. He just gave them all the drugs for them to shoot up themselves. Anyway, um, he says they want to blast Andrew Brown's rap sheet out there because that's the playbook the, to assassinate the character of black people once they kill us because they want us to say, well, they're not worthy of your consideration, America. OK, first off, this is the, the playbook or the play out of the playbook uh, for all police involved shootings right? And, and all police activity in general, like when they arrest somebody, they generally put out the statements of who the bad guy is and all the bad things the bad guy did. That's what they put out there. They are the first ones to write the narrative because they write the reports, right? They want you to understand the facts as they see them. That's not always the truth. You know, facts uh, might be omitted, let's say, from those official reports initially. Um, and so, of course, they're going to do this. This is what they do. But that doesn't make the information not valuable. It is important information. This guy's reputation and his interactions with law enforcement for 30 years is important. You know why? Apparently, he has a history of resisting arrest. I know I'm as shocked as you are. Who would have thought he's got a history of resisting arrest? By the way, uh, if you're a law enforcement officer and you're thinking about buying or selling a home, you know you can get 25% uh, of the realtor commissions just right back. Yeah, through the Homes for Heroes program. Uh, but you got to use one of the Homes for Heroes agents. And in Asheville, that's Rowena Patton. And her phone number is 828-333-4483. Homes for Heroes is a program available to not just officers, but firefighters, healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military. So veterans, active duty, retirees as well. She's given back about $800,000 so far 
to folks in those five professions. Call Rowena Patton today, buying or selling, 828-333-4483. That's 828-333-4483. Mountainhomehunt.com is the website. Give her a call and then start packing. So I think it is important to know what the charges were, what they were serving warrants for, what Andrew Brown's uh, rap sheet history was, his history of um, resisting arrest. And that's why uh, the SWAT team was there. Uh, the deputies who were serving the search warrant and arrest warrant both got you know received uh, or sworn out by a judge both lawful, um, knew that Brown was a convicted felon. They knew that he had been arrested previously on tons of occasions for resisting arrest. And uh, this was all part of their, uh, you know, when they walk into the situation, they all know that this guy might try to run. And lo and behold, he did. And do you think he may have tried to injure cops in the process? I don't know if he did or not. We'll see when the video gets released. Um, but I suspect it's pretty, I don't know, likely. When the cops have you boxed in and you throw the car into reverse and try to uh, try to speed away from them, I think it's a pretty good bet that uh, some of them might have taken that as an aggressive, hostile act meant to injure or maim. Um, but Brown's son, Khalil Farabee, questioned why they opened fire. Quote, yesterday I said he was executed. This autopsy report shows me that was correct, he said. It's obvious he was trying to get away. It's obvious. And they're going to shoot him in the back of the head? See, So again, this standard, is this the standard now that you get to flee? That if a cop says stop, you get to run, you get to flee, maybe try to, you know, um, uh, you know, hit a car or two on the way out of the parking lot or driveway. And all of that's acceptable. You should you should not expect the cops to use lethal force to prevent you from leaving. That's the idea. And again, I, like I'm not I'm not asking this question to like to be uh, snarky or snide or smarmy. I'm just why do all those words start with S, by the way? Anyway, like I'm just throwing this out there is like that's the standard that you're arguing. I understand he was fleeing the scene. He was trying to escape. D do law enforcement agents have the right, the lawful right, the authority to shoot somebody as they're fleeing? That's a good question. And I suspect that's going to be at the heart of the question uh, at, at trial, if it goes to trial at all, right? All right, so now you know the details, uh, what I know at least, and what I've been able to kind of piece together with all of these different stories. And by the way, you can see all of the links at uh, the Patreon page, and uh, that's what patrons get access to is all of my show prep. So uh, you know what I know. Now, let me get into the, um, the body cam law, because... Uh, you got to be aware of something here when it comes to the media folks that are demanding the laws be changed. OK, there is self-interest involved here. OK, it's not simply public right to know arguments uh, that media are advancing when it comes to the access to the, the videos. They want the videos, too, because it makes their stories better. OK, they do. All right. Now, they, they probably would never tell you that because it seems ghoulish and it kind of is because what are we talking about here we're talking about a snuff film right we're talking about the video of a man being killed and media wants that video in order to put it on their websites or put it into their stories portions of it they'll blur out some stuff or whatever but they want it to tell the story quote unquote 
and it makes a better story when people are like, oh my gosh, this is the video, right? And I and if you, if you doubt me on this, go look at the coverage of the Citizen Times with the uh, the officer who beat up Johnny Rush, the, the, the guy who was only jaywalking across the street, and then, you know, officer, like, jumps out of the car, just beats him to a pulp. Like, th- like that was the kind of the nature of the coverage of what happened. Now, that video got leaked to them. That body cam video got leaked to the Citizen Times, and they pushed that video nonstop for almost, what, two years? I mean, it was incessant. It, it got to be a running joke. Um, when we would cover the story, because every single time they did anything tangentially related to, you know, officer involved uh, shootings or abuse or accusations or policy, you know, nationally, locally, statewide, whatever, they threw this video in there. It was just this constant bombardment of this video. It it would start playing automatically anytime you went to their site. They racked up the views. They kept talking about how, you know, this video was seen over a billion times or whatever. They would actually mention it in their stories. So don't tell me there isn't an awareness and a benefit that media has on this, okay? So when they go out there and they're like, we need to have access to the video, remember, they have a self-interest in getting that video released. They want all the videos released whenever they want so they can put it into all of their news stories to help tell the story. And they seem completely oblivious to any possible negative ramifications that might occur by opening up all of the videos willy-nilly across the board to whoever asks for it. And a couple of obvious situations would be I'm accused of something and I'm in jail and I have one of my henchmen go get the video and identify the witnesses that are in the video. And then I can have my people go and eliminate the witnesses so they don't testify against me. So you think that wouldn't happen when the videos become that available? Please, please. Okay. Uh, Speaking of available... If uh, you are looking for real U.S. military surplus, it is available at Old Grouch's military surplus for more than 30 years, actually. Old Grouch's in downtown Clyde on Main Street has been your source for the top quality real U.S. military surplus, but also tons of really cool stuff, too. He gets new things in all the time. Like, he had razor wire that came in. He gets shipments of body armor and gas masks and stuff. Um, So always be checking back. Uh, either go to the store. He's open Monday through Saturday uh, on Main Street across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and 24-7 at oldgrouch.com. That's oldgrouch.com. All right. So let me get to some of this audio from the press conference that Democrats held uh, in order to uh, advance their legislation that uh, would change the current body cam law. Senator Jay Chaudhary, 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 I never remember how to pronounce, I know how to pronounce his name, I just always forget, it's like, like I have this way in my mind, but if, as soon as I start to say it, I'm like, well, is that the right way to say it? Chaudhary. Anyway, he says that the Andrew Brown case shows the current law is not sufficient to get these videos released quickly. Five days later, we now have reports of only one 20-second video snippet viewed by the Brown family and their attorneys from only one of seven sheriff deputies who were present in Mr. Brown's driveway. And clearly, that 20-second video snippet has raised more questions than answers. Andrew Brown's family deserves to know the truth. The Elizabeth City community deserves to know the truth. And the citizens of our state deserve to know the truth. 
given the delay in releasing such body camera footage, uh, we believe the General Assembly should act swiftly to re-examine and revisit our body camera legislation. All right, so he says that their legislation, the Democrats' proposal, does three things. First, these bills make body camera footage more accessible. Specifically, it requires the release of body camera footage unless a law enforcement agency files an objection with the court. Second, unlike our current law, these bills establish certainty about releasing such body camera footage. These bills set out a clear deadline for when such body camera footage should be released. And third, these bills build trust between civilians and law enforcement officials. Under current law, because there is no deadline or certainty that such footage will ever be released, it raises doubts between community members and law enforcement officials. We're witnessing that right now with the Andrew Brown tragedy. Right. Well, we're witnessing that because you have elected officials, you have leaders in the community that are misleading people that are spreading lies and rumors, okay? So the first step is family members, they can ask the police department, can I have access to the video? And the police department says, yes, we'll show you the stuff that, uh, they'll show you the, the relevant portions here. We gotta blur out people's faces though. So that's gonna take some time, a couple hours, you know, depending on how long of a video it is, they've gotta blur out some people's faces and the like. Now, I don't know what, uh, how long that process took to start because the sheriff said from uh, on, uh, what was it, Saturday, Friday or Saturday? Now, the shooting occurred on a Wednesday, uh, but it was gotten, they gave it to the family on Monday. So then the next step is, uh, which by the way, these could have been occurring at the same time concurrently, which is the public can ask for uh, the video. So media outlets and uh, the city government, which, by the way, the Elizabeth uh, City City Council, they've already said we would like to see the footage. They're petitioning the court um, and the SBI says no problem. Release the video. Uh, right. So everybody's like wanting this video to be released, but it's almost like they want to flip this uh, standard. So they want to put the onus on the Law enforcement. So by default, this stuff gets out. And if law enforcement wants to stop it from being released, they have to go to court. They have to convince the judge not to release it. And they lay, they lay out the same standards that exist in the current law. You know, does it jeopardize an investigation? Um, you know, does it uh, d does might it have some sort of other impact on like witnesses or whatever? So like there are these standards that are outlined in the current law that a judge is supposed to look at when determining whether to release the video. So what the Democrats want to do is flip this. OK, uh, and Chaudhary says that we know body cameras work. Studies have shown that body cameras reduce officer misconduct and use of force. And body cameras reduce citizen complaints against law enforcement officials by an incredible 90%. The next step is making sure that such body camera and dash camera footage is accessible based on a set deadline. Set deadline, 48 hours. Is that actually enough time for like a small department to be able to do the editing of the video and the like? Uh, and by the way, like what's to stop, um, what's to stop this from being used by anybody? by like a media organization that says, hey, you know what? Um, and I'm not talking like a legitimate one. I'm talking like, you know, some pop-up blogger who in his spare time, he just like bombards local government with FOIA requests. I'd like to see every video interaction that law enforcement has had over the last, you know, year or whatever.
<laughs> do you think these kinds of abuses might occur? See what I mean? Like, you got to think these things through when you're trying to write the law. And that's why when the legislature wrote this law and passed it, by the way, a, a 48 to 2 vote in the Senate. And some of these people that are up there now saying it should be changed supported the original bill. But they were just like, hey, well, you know what? That's, you know, we didn't have any bill at the time. We didn't have any law at the time. So this was the best that we could come up with. That's why we agreed to it back then. But it needs to change now. And uh, speaking of needing to change, do you need a change? Uh, maybe CBD could help with that. Growers Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp Extract added to your daily routine. Uh, I take drops before I go to bed. I sleep more deeply than I ever have before. And Growers Hemp, uh, made by North Carolina farmers, uh, they started this operation a few years ago. Uh, they control the whole process from seed to shelf. Uh, means you get better quality, lower price, and you're helping North Carolina farmers. As with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer. GovCo requires it. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research, and these products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I've said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Uh, you can also find the Growers Hemp CBD products uh, on the shelves at the Broad River Hemp Company in Shelby, the Medical Pharmacy in Locust, the Durham Co-op. Go to their website, growershemp.com. Use my name, Pete, for a 20% off discount. Growershemp.com. Growers Hemp, it's about the hemp and not the hype. All right, so I just um, ducked into and checked out the, uh, the, there's a live stream actually of the court proceeding. And so uh, I have updated information right now, which is there are now two people that don't want the video released. At least they're arguing that. Uh, the lawyer for the, I would believe these are the cops involved, but they are listed as unnamed parties in the case. Uh, they do not want the videos released and the district attorney says that this could prevent a fair trial from uh, occurring if um, he ends up bringing charges or anybody ends up bringing charges against these cops. It could uh, taint the jury pool, which is a standard argument. Uh, does the uh, does that outweigh uh, the you know the public interest in the case? Uh, the lawyer for like the dozens of media outlets is pointing out like, look, this is being streamed all over the world. There's obviously public interest in this case. Um, so it's going to be up to a judge, and the judge uh, said that he would make a ruling on it uh, today. So we shall find out. All right, let me get back to uh, the press conference that Democrats had. They want to change this body cam law. They wanted to go to a 48-hour uh, mandatory release uh, standard and put uh, the onus on law enforcement to have to argue against release rather than by default releasing the video. Chantal Stevens with the North Carolina ACLU said it should not be up to law enforcement to decide whether to release videos, especially after a use of force incident. In real time, we are witnessing the deep emotional pain and harm inflicted on a grieving family and community when access to body camera footage is unfairly delayed and obscured. North Carolinians deserve accountability and transparency, especially when a law enforcement officer takes a life. Police killings of black and brown community members are not isolated events. They are a result of a racist system that we are duty bound to challenge. No, good grief. Our current law enforcement reporting law perpetuates that racist system 
by placing unnecessary and sometimes insurmountable barriers between communities and the recordings that help them to grapple with tragic circumstances. That's just not true it, 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 on multiple levels. This, you know, oh, it's uh, policing is all racist. Again, I point this out. Cops kill twice as many white people every year as they do black people. But Pete, it's about the proportion of the population. Well, that is one metric to look at, as is the metric of crimes committed and who is predominantly committing violent crime in America. And it is predominantly out of proportion for you know black people as perpetrators. That has an impact on the officer-involved shootings because when you are engaged in more criminal activity, violent criminal activity, then you are going to have more interactions with law enforcement. And because of the nature of those interactions being violent, chances are greater that you may end up dead when you try to fight back against the cops. Okay, like that. All of this is part of the uh, is part of the issue. So to just simply say racism, like I now put you into a basket, not to channel Hillary Clinton here, but I now put you into a basket of kind of not so serious, not really honest broker in the conversation. Okay, Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is the barrier she's talking about is simply a request. That's all you got to do. You call up the police and say, hey, you killed my relative, you killed my client, whatever, um, I want to see the video. That's it. And if they say no, it's part of this ongoing investigation, then you can go to the superior court and you say, hey, I want them to release this video so I can see it. And there's no cost to you whatsoever. It's free. And then there has to be some provision of that video made to you within three days. Is the, the clock is running on the cops when you make that request. And then a judge would decide whether or not it does, in fact, jeopardize a, a, a potentially an investigation or taint a jury pool, right? You need some third party to look at this, and that's what the law strives to do. Uh, then uh, State Senator Mujaba Mohammed, uh, he says accountability requires transparency, and the current law delays that transparency. The current law is far too broad and prices out too many North Carolina families and our community out of access to justice by requiring the public to go to court to gain access to video. Okay, again, it's not entirely true. The law says there shall be no fee for filing the petition. So this idea that it's pricing people out is not true. Uh, And by the way, they only have the family only has to go to court if the law enforcement organization refuses to release the video. um, And then you go to the superior court. Uh, Now, for the public, that is a different standard. Right. Yes, there is a different standard. The public doesn't have an automatic right to see the video of you getting arrested on you on your worst day. Right. I don't automatically have a right to see the video of your arrest. That's what the um, that's what the law protects. Right. Because just because you end up getting arrested doesn't mean you're guilty. Right. This has been the cornerstone of our system for a very long time, like since the beginning. Innocent until yeah, proven guilty. So yes, there is a and there is a, there is a damage that can be done to people who are wrongfully arrested. This is an argument, by the way, that folks on the left have been making for a very long time. But now I guess they need the alternate to be true. Uh, and so here we are. Mohammed said that uh, this bill from the Democrats sets a concrete timeline for law enforcement agencies to comply with. Removes a major barrier and burden on the people of our state 
to require them to petition the courts to gain access to this body cam recording. Instead, Senate Bill 5.2 will require any custodial law enforcement agency to release a recording in their custody after 48 hours have passed from the time of the recording upon a request. Right. So that's the standard they want to see. You make a request. Cops got 48 hours to uh, release it or they need to go to court and get a judge's order to block that release. Again, um, I'm not sure he's talking about the general public. So anybody then can ask for the video from any cop for any reason, and then the onus is on law enforcement to block it. That's their bill. Uh, Senator Mohammed uh, is correct, I would point out, on this point. In the case of the incident in Elizabeth City, Andrew Brown's family got just 20 seconds of a heavily redacted body cam footage. They deserve better than that. It's been almost a week. A week. The Brown family deserves answers. I do agree with that. I don't like the fact that they only got the 20 seconds, and I don't like the fact that the sheriff, when he was talking, or the county, when they were talking about, well, why do you only get 20 seconds? Well, because, you know, there's all this stuff like the CPR and the cops that are involved, you know, afterwards and all of that. Like, that's not really, uh, that's not really what I'm asking about. Why did you cut it at the front end? What about the lead-in? I would want more information, more video on the front end. Now, the, what law enforcement is saying and the county is saying is, like, it only lasted 20 seconds. Like, we rolled up, he started to run, we opened fire, and that's it. 20, 30 seconds. The family does deserve answers. The public deserves answers. There needs to be an investigation. But uh, I guess now, I guess this is the other thing, is, like, the lawyer, the DA, I should say, in court, making this argument that, hey, if you release this video... It might jeopardize the ability to have a fair trial. Uh, and um, the, uh, the the folks on the YouTube channel, they're all screaming like, oh, well, like the like the due process that Andrew Brown got. Like, well, no, although I guess you could say the due process and the fair trials that he got like throughout his you know 30 year criminal career. But um, no, th- like that's not the same thing. If like if you want these cops punished, then for if they, you know, they did something wrong, you want them punished. You want to guarantee that the trial doesn't get tossed on technicalities, right? Because that's a very real possibility uh, with the case out of Minneapolis, Derek Chauvin, uh, you know, the, uh, who was just convicted in the death of George Floyd. He he very well could walk because of the uh, the lack of sequestration of the jury, but also the the intimidation and the, uh, you know, the impacts of all of the news and the protests and the riots and stuff like the jurors, like there's an alternate juror who has already come out and spoken to the media and said that, you know, she's afraid if she doesn't go along with it, then like there would be more violence on the city and on her. And that is jury intimidation. And that might actually get a, uh, a verdict tossed. So if you want a fair trial, you want due process. And that might mean you got to wait a little while, but we're not willing to wait because what they want is mob justice. What they want is street justice. That's what a lot of folks are actually demanding. They don't want a, a trial. They don't want a court system that, you know, makes its way through the evidence and adjudicates as fair as possible. This is a vengeance play. They This is this is the demand. I guess this is another new standard that we're being treated to. Um I do believe, and I said this earlier, but I do believe this really is a case study for all law enforcement on how not to handle video 
after an officer-involved shooting. Okay, I think the sheriff uh, has dropped the ball on this by not moving to release the video a lot faster. As soon as something like this happens, you should you should immediately start prepping the video for the family requests, and you should immediately start prepping video for uh, public release. And you should immediately go to the court and say, we want this video released. It's an officer-involved shooting. I think that should just be standard playbook now for law enforcement. And I don't think that's I don't think that's too much to ask. All right. Uh, the judge is now back with his order. The court orders as follows. That the five body camera videos be disclosed to Khalil Farabee and his immediate family within one degree of kinship and one attorney licensed to practice law in the state of North Carolina. That is disclosure. Uh, that the video be held from release for a period of no less than 30 days and no more than 45 days. And that uh, that will allow to allow completion of any investigation being undertaken by the SBI and by the district attorney's office in this county. Uh, number three, that the state is to notify the court when such investigation is completed and the court in its discretion will consider at that time further release of the video uh, based on the factors as they exist at that time. Uh, the disclosure of the video shall occur within 10 days, and the Pasquotank County Sheriff's Department is ordered to blur or redact all facial and identifying features of the officers shown prior to disclosure. That means facial features, name tags, any identifying information of those officers prior to disclosure. The court, in its final order in this matter, will specify the time frames within which the video may be disclosed. In viewing the video, there were certain uh, portions of the video that were uh, conversations between officers, between superiors. Uh, I'm going to evaluate those videos, determine which portions are appropriate for release and uh, or for disclosure, I'm sorry. And then we'll uh, provide that in my order so that the videos can be properly prepared to be disclosed to the family. Uh, all that. Uh, to be accomplished within the next 10 days. All right. Um, that's the that's how I'm going to rule. All right. Well, I did not expect that. He's not allowing it to be released to the public, just to uh, Brown's son. So that's where we stand for the next 30 days. That's a wrap for the episode. I appreciate you listening. Remember, subscribe at thepetecalendarshow.com and don't break anything while I'm gone.